Hey, welcome to The Conversation. You're listening to Andy Mason, and this is authentic conversations around the messy intersection of faith, family, and business. And I'm sitting here one and a half weeks away from a moving truck arriving to pick up all of our stuff, or what's left of it, and driving from California to Pennsylvania. So there's a ton of emotion, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, the sad, the excitement, the sense of overwhelmed with all that needs to be going on. That's all going on. And at the same time, uh, we've got some leaving parties. I've got to go and say goodbye to some people, Uh, some people that uh, we may not see again. Others, we will be doing whatever we can to have them at our place or come and visit them. Uh, there will be backwards and forwards. Uh, we do have an event planned for November back here, uh, an executive retreat. But in this time, I've taken some moments to reflect on what have I learned? Uh, what have I learned in the last 14 years in Reading, California? Uh, what stood out? What have I learned that you cannot get from a book or a podcast or you get from being up close and personal with people? And if you're not aware, I, I went through the School of Ministry and then jumped into an internship with Danny Silk, uh, who is one of the senior leaders of the environment, uh, really around the pastoral side, and worked with Danny for about five years. And then when Danny left to, to go to Sacramento, uh, I switched to being working directly with Chris Vallotton. And Chris is a senior associate leader and the founder of the Bethel School of Ministry, and through the two of those, I've gotten to meet and have some personal connections, one-on-one meetings with Bill Johnson, both seeing him obviously in group meetings and staff meetings, but also being in his home, uh, having meetings with him personally and getting his input on some things that we are doing. So I got to see all three of them and observe them from uh, the inside out. And so here's a couple of stories to highlight what I have learned that you'll never get in a book and uh, you're never, you're never going to get on a YouTube clip. And most of the things that are negative are people that have never, ever been here or have just offended because they didn't get what they wanted. So here's the inside stories of what Andy Mason has learned from this environment that I'm incredibly grateful for. And just as an FYI, the relationship is continuing with all of these people. So firstly, Danny Silk. So I jumped into an internship with him. Holy Spirit told me to talk to him. I didn't put that in the email. I was thinking, why on earth would I talk with Danny Silk? Because he's a social worker background counselor, and that's not me. But I was obedient. Well, that turned into a meeting. Uh, You can read about that in the front of our book, Dream Culture, Bringing Dreams to Life, where Danny actually tells the story himself. And we had a dinner or lunch together, sorry, and uh, I have no idea why we're meeting. Walked out of that meeting, realizing the last 15 years prepared us for this. Uh, I learned from Danny Silk that you should trust people more than they trust themselves, believe in them. I learned about the power of relationship more than being right. I learned uh, 
to ask people questions about what do they need to feel in order to thrive, to keep walking and stay close, especially when you're walking through disagreement or conflict, and then to recognize the culture and protect it. So a couple of stories. Uh, one of them, Danny Silk was telling the story about being the relationship is more important than being right. Jesus chose to be wronged for the sake of relationship. So how much more so you and I? And he gives this example, not only that, but also around trust. It is all about connection. The power of connection is your is the power to which you're about to lead people. And so he did this illustration that greatly impacted me, where he took a piece of tissue paper. He went to a person who was sitting down, who was uh, not a flyweight. So as in, if they didn't want to move, there's no way Danny would have moved them. And he said, my connection with you, I want you to imagine it is like this piece of tissue paper. You do not want to know, you do not want to go where I want to lead you. And this is the strength of our connection. So you're going to stay in your seat and you're going to allow the strength of our connection to either move you or not move you. And literally, they, he gets them to hold the piece of tissue paper. He holds the other side of the tissue paper. He begins to walk. And as you can imagine, it immediately tears. That's because we didn't have strength of connection. We didn't have trust. But he says, but then if you take somebody and you've built trust over time, even if they don't want to move, they don't want to go where you're going, but they were willing to hold on to the connection. And he got a leather belt, the strength of that leather belt. He said, this is our connection. And he literally gave it one end to the person. I said, whatever you do, don't let go. And then Danny held on to the other one and he just pulled. And this person, in spite of not willing to move, and all they had to do was hold on to the connection, and they got pulled in a direction that they did not want to go. What was the point? Relationship is more than being right. Connection and trust are so, so important. That's one thing I learned from Danny. Another thing from Danny is not far into the internship with him, I was kind of wondering, like I thought we were going to be meeting and doing and running and all those sorts of things, and I wasn't meeting with him at all, and I didn't hear anything from him. And I'm thinking, you, you're trusting me with the heart of the staff at Bethel Church, and it's any organization, there's challenges, there's difficulties, so I'm hearing all sorts of things, and nobody's checking up on me. I've been one year, I literally went from this first year school of ministry into an internship with Danny Silk, into the heart of the organization, and I have free range anywhere, and I'm starting to freak out. Why do you trust me? I need to meet with you. I'm scared. Like, you trust me, but I don't trust myself. And so I remember emailing Danny and saying, hey, I'm not sure if uh, this is what I expect or what you expected, but um, uh, look, this is I, I'm happy that if it's not, I, I can meet with this other person. That was Charlie Harper. It was an absolute gift and somebody that I met with re- regularly through that time. But I was kind of just, I, I was like, I have no idea what's going on. I've been thrown into this environment. And Danny said, sounds like we need to meet. So we had lunch. And he said, what's going on? And I said, well, and I was kind of fumbling through. I don't even know. Now, context, I'm from New Zealand. You don't communicate what you need. You just behave it. And and it's so much dysfunction in the relationships that I thought was kind of normal when you do that everywhere. And so Danny just says to me straight, Andy, uh, what? how do I know what you need unless you tell me? And I'm like, uh, uh, that, that's, that's, that's kind of profound, but that sounds like it would be healthy. I didn't say anything. And then secondly, he said, 
What do you need to feel from me in order to thrive? And that just blew every resistor in my brain. Need? That I, I have needs? I'm from New Zealand. We don't need anything. If you need something, you just take care of it or, or behave it like a good orphan. And need to feel need and, and fe- like feel like, oh my gosh, that's a new thing as well. So this whole journey with him is learning, what do you need to feel for me in order to thrive? Now, whether he could provide that or not is another thing, because you can't meet everybody's needs. You're never going to do that because you're not perfect. But if you never can state what you need, then that's, the, that's part of the journey to maturity, That's the journey from being a two-year-old where you behave what you need and then growing up healthy and starting to communicate what it is that you need in any relationship. That's huge and so grateful for Danny teaching me that. Uh, Next point, keep walking and stay close. I I was walking uh, with different people doing what we're doing and some people are just uh, dysfunctional. Let's just say dysfunctional. And I'm scared. Like, these guys are going to make a mess of what we're doing. They're going to blow up stuff. And Danny's comment was, Andy, they're going to do more of a mess if you just let them go. So he said, just keep connection or keep walking and stay close. Keep walking and stay close. So I intentionally set up meetings where I'd meet with these people, like intentionally in the calendar on a regular basis to stay close. And his comment was, a boxer... If you've got lots of distance between you and your opponent, they can swing and they can get a lot of momentum and do a lot of damage. But if you want to take the momentum out of that, just stay close, get in close, and then they're going to do less damage. And so that works in relationship, especially where there is conflict or disagreement, intentionally stay close. And finally, uh, I, I was struggling with this whole journey of, Danny, why do you trust me? You've brought me from, you don't know my background, only what I've told you. I've been a student in the School of Ministry, and within a very short period of time, you've given me a key to the hearts of individuals on staff. There's 500 staff. Like, why do you trust me? And Danny didn't answer the question. And a month or so later, we had a workshop on where they were teaching about culture. And somebody asked Danny Silk the question, how does people get how do people get on staff at Bethel Church? And he started to talk about these circles of influence and circle of concern and circle of the like the right in the in the center is Jesus and then there's Bill Johnson and Chris Valentin and Danny Silk and their spouses. And then there's successive layers or circles of influence. And he says, on right on the outside is Osama bin Laden and, and a couple of others that are just absolutely crazy. And the people that come into the environment that bang and say, I want the microphone because I'm awesome. Yet they, they find themselves on the outside scratching, looking and pointing to themselves. And he says, but then there's others that recognize the culture and then they protect it. And they find themselves rapidly moving towards the center. And then he turns to me and said, Andy, isn't that right? Answering my question, how? Why do you trust me? Because he recognized and saw evidence that I had recognized or identified 
aspects of the culture of this environment and I'd protected it. I'd protected relationship, I'd protected culture, protected the people, which is the most important thing. And that's why he trusted me. So Danny Silk, if you listen to this, shout out to you. Thank you so much. My life is so much better because of you. The book, Culture of Honor and Keep Your Love On, they are real deal. If you haven't got those, jump onto Amazon or onto Danny Silk. You'll find those. And let's move to person number two. This is Chris Valentin. I learned from Chris, confrontation and the courage to go after what God has spoken. Uh, Chris and Danny are opposites when it comes to leadership style. And Danny will lead from the back, literally the back of the raft, and you'll hear from him if it's a life or death situation. Chris is a lead from the front. So just complete opposite. And you'll hear from him in everything. So what does that look like? And what did I learn? Well, uh, firstly, is uh, I remember coming back from a particular mission or ministry trip and having a phone call with Chris in the airport. And he's like, how did it go? What did you learn? And I said, I, I'm like, I'm just struggling. I, I realized that I have avoided confrontation. I've just realized this. And I've been calling it stewardship or faith or trust, but actually I'm avoiding confrontation and I need to learn that. Would you be willing to, you know, who do you know that that could kind of coach me, mentor me in learning confrontation? And Chris's comment was, well, that'll be me. And I'm thinking, hmm, this is going to be interesting because I'm going to learn it with him. And he's a forceful leader. So to learn confrontation with Chris, it's going to have to be forceful. And that's not my personality, and I can hide behind my personality, or I can grow. So I remember walking through and having some conversations, and Chris will tell you what he thinks. You don't have to worry about what he thinks, because he's going to tell you whether you like it or not. And there is value in that. Uh, He's also got an equal dose of humility to acknowledge when he's messed up or done something wrong or said something wrong. So we're walking through this relationship, and... uh, we're navigating all sorts of things around heaven and business and effectively transferring from Danny Silk's leadership style to Chris's leadership style, which is very different. Communication is different. And in the middle of that, I remember getting to a point like this, that's actually not right. What he said, I don't think that's right. Now, I could be wrong, but I need to let him know. So I communicated with him. This is what I heard you say. This is what it meant to me. And this is why uh, I, I'm not sure, well, I don't believe that this is right. And just laid this out. And then in the subject line of this email, which is not the best way to communicate, but in the course of our correspondence, this was the easiest in the moment. I put in the subject line, learning confrontation with you. And then right at the bottom, I said, I look forward to hearing how you see this. Well, I thought, well, my, my, my life could be over. But 30 minutes later, I get a text from him saying, Andy, I read your email and I agree with every single point. You're a father in this house. You carry the culture better than anyone I know. And I apologize for any way that I've caused you pain. And I just, man, something changed in me. The ability, number one, is teaching me to confront. You need to stand up for what you believe, what your conviction is, even if powerful people disagree with you. You have to do this. You've got to back yourself. And Chris uh, taught me how to do that in a healthy way, to stand up. And then secondly, the humility to acknowledge, I might be wrong. Apologize quickly. 
It's been fascinating walking with Chris and observing what's been going on politically and his approach and how he said some things and he was the first one to acknowledge I was wrong. You know what? I got to see him up close and personal walking through that. And he heard the Lord say to him, humility is the pathway forward. And he stuck to that. And I've seen that firsthand, which means that somebody I can trust. Uh, next point, when we make a, the this is a... This is a team story. This is a powerful story. So here's what happened is I was organizing an event and I got a particular speaker. And subsequent to that, uh, so this person has said, yes, they're going to come. Subsequent to that, I had a senior leader in the environment say, what do you got there coming, them coming for? I mean, they'd be like having some unsaved person of this, this, this. And I suddenly second guess the decision that I'd made. I thought, oh my gosh, have I made a mistake? Am I bringing someone that shouldn't be in our environment? This Is this not protecting the culture? So I text Chris and say, hey, can we have a conversation about this? Chris jumps on a call. He goes, look, I got 15 minutes. I said, okay, here's the situation. And he goes, three questions for you. Number one, uh, will this person undermine our culture? And I said, no, no, they won't. I mean, they've done this, this, this. They've done all these different things. There's no way they're going to undermine the culture. Uh, second question, uh, can we afford it? And I'm like, yeah, we, we can uh, We can afford this. This is not going to be a problem. I've done this before. That's I'm not concerned at all. And there was actually a third question I can't even remember. But what I do remember is him going through these three questions, checking things off around the culture. Will he protect the culture? Uh, will will that be an undermining of anything in any way? And I'm like, nope, won't be that. Can we afford it? Yes. And then he responded, well, if it doesn't work, then we have failed. What's the point? The power of wisdom and agreement, wisdom with people in your team. When you walk together, you walk through questions to clarify something, and then when you gain agreement, it's no longer just you on your own, but someone who's got your back, and now it's no longer you individually sink or fail, but together as a team, which is powerful. Once we go public with this, then we are together on it. It's just so, so valuable. Another thing I learn of Chris is uh, his... His heart is huge. So when our daughter was going through a real challenging nerve condition, every few weeks I get a text, hey, uh, how's your daughter? Uh, what's going on? Uh, how's your wife? And just asking those questions consistently, demonstrating it's not just what I could accomplish, but actually when we're going through a tough time, then he was the first one to text on a consistent basis, checking in, how you doing, what's happening, anything you need, I'm praying for you. Chris Vallotton, you, I just give you the most improved, most valuable player because you're consistently growing and improving. And I don't know anybody in any environment that continues to grow at the pace that you do. And I so appreciate and value you as a part of that. Uh, learning confrontation and courage and loving well. That's Chris Vallotton. Hey, he's got a bunch of books. You should check those out uh, from everything. Because of how he grew up with nothing, not a dad, he's then effectively written a whole heap of books, which Andy's opinion is what he wished he had as a young person. It's practical. Poverty, riches, and wealth outstanding. Uh, spirit wars is real. It's what he walks 
through and then he puts onto paper so that a generation yet to be born would rise and learn because of his life. And I'm so grateful for that. The third person is Bill Johnson. And Bill Johnson, I first heard in New Zealand. I remember our pastor in Hawke's Bay recommended that we, if we're going to go to a conference, then go to this one conference in Auckland. It's about a five-hour drive. And uh, I'd never heard of this guy before. So my wife and I went up there. We had a baby at the time. We're juggling about who's in the meeting and who's not. And I remember sitting in this meeting and this guy, Bill Johnson, kind of talks slowly, big pauses, but he opens up the word of God. And I couldn't understand, but I was sitting there listening and weeping like tears were coming. And that's not normal for a New Zealand male, especially with an agricultural background and who plays rugby. Like, just crazy, stupid culture stuff. But that's not normal to sit in an environment and weep. That's the presence of God. Now I can just articulate that so much. So what did I learn from Bill Johnson? I've learned unwavering resolve to pursue Jesus and his kingdom on earth above all else. I've learned that friendship with God is entirely possible and accessible for all. And it's simple. Surrender and trust and keep your eyes on the Father. And so what have I got to learn directly from him? Well, firstly, this is not from him. This is from his father, Earl Johnson. So I won an award in the environment. It meant that I got to actually reach out to uh, Bill Johnson's mother and go and have a cup of tea with her and ask stories about what Earl Johnson was really like. And uh, he was no longer with us when, when we arrived in the environment. But some of the things that I got to see in him and in the family impacted me greatly. One of them was Earl Johnson was known as a pastor's pastor. He would literally go out and if you, there's stories of him going out and meeting with people from the church in their garage or their auto shop, literally rolling underneath the truck as they were there so that he could have a pastoral visit. I'm thinking that is phenomenal. But one thing that impacted me the, the most is Earl Johnson was uh, over the missions for the entire church denomination. And they are responsible to host the annual conference or missions conference. Well, this one particular year, they, they have the conference and Earl is hosting it and it's at their home church. And in the middle of the conference, his son, Bob, has a basketball game. So Earl Johnson leaves his own conference, leaves the one that he's responsible for so that he can be at his son's basketball match. I don't know about you, but that struck me powerfully is that my family and the significant things and moments in my family's life is more important than anything else. I will not sacrifice my family on the altar of ministry. His comments are, my family pay a price for me to have this role, so I will not miss those things. I got to see that in him, and I got to see the same things in the way that Bill looked after his family and made them first. That's huge. Uh, second thing is courage under fire. Uh, there's a message that uh, Bill Johnson recorded the week before and the week after his dad died of a disease that Bill Johnson has seen healed. How do you navigate that? How do you navigate loss? How do you navigate it when everything that you are believing and standing for seems to go opposite? And literally they pray until there's a miracle. 
And if they die, they pray for a resurrection. And if they don't get a resurrection, then they bury them and mourn and grieve. Now, that sounds kind of easy, maybe, but that's the hardest thing. And you can literally hear him talk through that supernatural courage the week before, the week after his own father dies. I'm watching him now and and praying through and standing in faith as his own wife is battling cancer. And the man is on fire. I mean, I think I would be a puddle and a wreck. And yet he's loving the amount of time that he's got in the word of God and the strength. And we get to see that on a Sunday when he speaks and the man is on fire. Why? Because his strength is not based on what he sees. It's based on his connection with the Father and the truth of the Word of God. When he wrote that book, Strengthen Yourself in the Lord, it wasn't a book that he wrote. It's a piece of his life that he broke off and gave to us. And that's what you hear. Uh, Chris Vallotton will think something and say it in the next breath. Bill Johnson will think on something for two years before he says it, which is why he has these big pauses as we're thinking, uh, what what did he just say? That is profound. And so he lives out everything he believes. He walks courage under fire and won't change the subject. And that's what I so value for him. Third one is his love for God and the voice of God above all else. Uh, just the stories in spite of that, like his love for the word, there's this humility that he walks in. We're in our own city, so in our own city where there's a healing rooms in the part of the church, to see miracles every single week. A different church in the city put on a healing conference, which was more about why healing doesn't happen today. Now, as you could imagine, that's the opposite of what we not only believe but walk in. Well, Bill Johnson, well, sorry, before Bill Johnson, the local newspaper got a hold of this and loved it, of course. And so they're posting an article and uh, suddenly the pastor realizes, oh, I've made a mess in my relationship. So he contacts Bill and says, hey, this is what I've done. We put on this conference and like, uh, you know, I didn't mean to upset you or offend you. I saw it's in the paper. They've made it much bigger than it really is. Bill Johnson's response, you know what? Thank you so much for ringing me. We don't know everything there is to know about healing. So if you, you know, learn some things and some things come out of this conference that have you know, been of value, then please let me know. I'm thinking, dang, that's, that's a different approach than I would take. Secondly, he goes, I also know that these conferences cost a lot of money. And he wrote out a personal check to support his friend, a pastor in town. What's the point? The honor, the humility, that taking the higher road, uh, sorry, the just taking the going high, like going higher, as in, I'm going to walk in a high level of grace and mercy in regard to this. That is profound. And seeing him do that again and again and again, I've heard it said that if you offend uh, Bill Johnson, he doesn't just turn the other cheek. There's always a check involved. Like he will literally write out a check to support, as in just the the level of integrity and honor and excellence that he walks in is truly astounding. 
And so that situation, loving the Word of God, the voice of God above all else, when they came here at first, uh, the story goes, he was standing and they were praying and they said, we're going to be unanimous. We're not going to, we're only going to come on staff if everybody's on board. Like all of the the board said yes. That happened. And he said, we we want to see the Holy Spirit move above all else. We want to see God move. I do not want a meeting. I want to meet with the presence, the presence of God, the person of God with us. And so literally early on, they'd be praying, they'd get everybody up the front, and one person, one person is visibly touched by the power of God. Bill Johnson turns to Benny, says, game on. We're not changing the subject. So that phrase, don't change the subject, that's a Bill Johnson. That's something that I've learned and resolved that I know what my lane is, I know what I'm going after, and I will not change the subject. And the final one, his passion for the kingdom of God. Uh, Bill Johnson, when he was growing up, wanted to uh, either play baseball or be in business. And for him to end up as a pastor was a surprise to him and his parents. But obviously, this is the like a significant area. But he's always had a love for business in spite of being a full-time in ministry for decades. And so when we kicked off Heaven in Business and first presented uh, the a business plan to the to the senior leadership team of what we're going to do in taking heaven and business into an online membership platform. I get to the end. I told stories. I told them how we came up with this, and and they said any questions. And Bill Johnson says, "You know what? I've had this in my heart for years and haven't known how to do it. You're doing it. Didn't try and own it." didn't try and control it, but celebrated how we are endeavoring to take the kingdom of God, take the culture environment that they're experiencing in a church setting, translate that into business. That was number one. And then again, even most recently, when I the hardest meeting of this year was actually telling Bill Johnson that we're expanding to the East Coast and I'm going to move to Pennsylvania. And in the middle of that conversation, again, he says, Andy, I've had this as a philosophy for years, what you're doing with heaven and business, and I haven't known how to do it. You're doing it. What's the point? His passion for the kingdom of God above all else and seeing this expand and grow and celebrating that is just outstanding. And so summary from those three, I've learned wisdom, I've learned character, I've learned maturity, I've learned grace. I've had some identity things changed. Chris Valentin talked recently a message around metamorphosis like a butterfly. It's the caterpillar that comes into an environment, it gets cocooned, put up in an environment where in some cases it's restricted, it's dark, you don't know what's going on, but what's really happening is there's a change in DNA, repairing cracks in the foundation, and at one point it's got to break out of the cocoon and fly. So we came here with a career and left with a story. We came here with cracks in our foundation and left knowing God is, if God is for me, then no other opinion matters. We came here with 12 suitcases. We leave in a moving truck. We came here with four children under the age of eight and leave with four young adults who are more confident and secure in themselves and God than I was at their age. We came here out of obedience. We came here out of vision and we're leaving here with vision and love. We came here as a fat caterpillar and leave as a butterfly, having broken out of the cocoon. The things inside me that were restrictive, the identity cracks healed. Uh, I am certainly not perfect. I'm on a journey, but I am so, so grateful for the decade plus that we've had in this environment. And if you hear anything other than that, 
then they obviously have never been here. So have a wonderful, wonderful week. I encourage you, check out the the books and resources from Danny Silk, Chris Vallotton, and Bill Johnson. They will feed your life. And I can tell you from the inside out, none of them are perfect, but they're all on a journey and they have a genuine and authentic walk with God.